Hello and welcome back. This is Sustain at Foss Backstage conference in Germany, in Berlin, about all the rest of the stuff in open source that isn't directly related to coding, all the meta stuff, not the Facebook stuff. This is actually going to be a different podcast, which is very exciting. This is going to be the Sustained Open Source Design Podcast at Fosfax Age, which I did not see coming. But we have Pablo Ruiz Murskis. I, I didn't ask good, how to good. pronounce him. Is that good enough? Good enough, good enough. Okay, yeah. how, how do you pronounce your name? Ruiz Murskis. Excellent. That's really great. <laughs> um, I can't roll my R's, so I'm not going to try. But we have Pablo here, and Pablo is working at Kaleidos, yeah. which is also... Is it a subsidiary of PenPod? No, is it's, uh, Kaleidos is a company, PenPod and Tiger are the products. That's amazing. PenPod is probably the most cited example of like, we really like this product yeah. on the Sustaining Open Source Design podcast. So yeah, you're yeah. doing something right, which is great. Either that or something wrong because people love complaining about things they actually used. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. Uh, what do you do there? I'm the CEO. That's pretty good. Maybe I should have made a mild insult joke. I feel bad now. Um, <laughs> no. Okay, so tell me how that happens. Did you join Kaleidos first? Did you join Penpot first? So we co-founded, I co-founded Kaleidos back Excellent. in 2011. At that time, we created the company as a consultancy company. Cool. In Madrid, right? In Madrid, yeah. in Madrid, in Spain, yes. Still financial crisis, yeah. hidden as hard and everything. And we decided to, okay, let's, the, the, the company actually, the whole, the, the full name of the company is Kaleidos Open Source. Why Kaleidos? Kaleidos, as in Kaleidoscope. Yeah. Kaleidos comes from the Greek root, Kalidos, that means of a beautiful shape. Mm. And our motto was beautiful code, Kaleidos, beautiful code. So it was beautiful code, beautiful shape, cool. beautiful form. From beautiful code comes beautiful art, yeah. I guess, beautiful software. So it was all about, I guess, beauty yep. in, in the tech, but also in the art arena. And um, we, we were this consultancy company, and, but we have this incubation thing called PyWix, our personal innovation weeks, yep. every six months. And during those Pi weeks, both in July and in December, we would let the whole company just challenge themselves cool. for the sake of just for fun, really. And uh, in several locations, we would end up with great products. One of them, the, 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 the first one was Tiger, which is an open source agile product. Yep. And then a few years ago, we started with Penpot. At the time, it was not called Penpot. Perhaps some people in the audience will recognize the name of UXbox. Yep. It was a great code name, but it could not sustain the, <laughs> the brand, uh, you know, the, the, the brand collision there uh, with other, comp other, other products from a company. So UXbox led to PenPod. And we just recently, at the beginning of the pandemic, switched completely from the consultancy business hmm. to pure open source product company. Awesome. So all in with our products, our IP, yeah. our, our tech, our, our, you know, our vision of how technology should impact society, basically. So there's a lot of numbers small, and most of them fail after a few years. So yeah. Yeah. What, what, why did this work? And open source doesn't necessarily bring in money. So I'm very confused why you decided to go with open source first. Well, initially when we co-founded the company in 2011, we would uh, work for other people, other yep. startups, and we would develop big tech for them. So we would get money from those contracts. Okay. And then we had enough savings that we could switch to a full open source products company. We took also some, some investment and that's where we are at, at the moment. But yeah, we were a successful business uh, mm -hmm. from a consultancy perspective, really successful. And we could actually fund our own open source projects 
What we didn't expect at the time is that eventually at some point we would be doing just that. Like 100% of our activity now is keep building open source products meant for uh, cross-functional teams, basically, right, around the world. So that Taiga is about the lean process, the agile process, and Pempot is about the design process. Yeah, It is a risky move for us, but I think it's the right one, especially these days when we believe that there's too much at stake in the sense of how the whole innovation process is now being taken. I mean, if you take apart the innovation process for any, any, any tech project, the design, the inception, the design, conceiving something, prototyping something, and eventually designing and building it does require expertise in the design process and in using design prototyping tools. And we didn't really have a professional, you know, up to the task and type of tools. Yeah. And so back then, four years ago, we decided that we we needed that. We could not wait any longer. Hmm. And yeah, let's let's, let's build this, right? It it is not easy because it's, it's not an easy tool to build. A tool like Pempot. It takes a ton of uh, technical challenge, yeah. technical talent for the challenge. But uh, we eventually got there and we just recently released our GA this past month. That's great. What does GA stand for? General Availability. Thanks. It's kind of techie, techie name for it's not better anymore. <laughs> cool. Excellent. That's great. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, official yeah. release. You know, official release. Yeah. Excellent. You mentioned that you're not doing the consulting anymore. You're no. just focusing on the open source. Exactly. You took some investment. Is there any money coming in outside of the investment? What's Except from our own plan? savings, no. Uh, although we have some some revenue coming from the Tiger project because okay. we have a SaaS that you can pay for it. Yep. But no, the investment actually was meant to sustain cool. uh, the development process for a few years before we are relevant enough. Before we are relevant, relevant means, uh, you know, big footprint basically yeah. and uh, kind of a... Yeah, so a bit a bit of thought leadership, you know, but just being relevant is is, is key for then for us to actually start charging a big corp for for some for some stuff, right? So we are not taking any money. We don't feel it would be the right thing to do. We first need to prove some things. Thankfully, we do have the money to keep us, you know, like working without distractions. Yep. And but yeah, I guess in two years, perhaps at the end of twenty twenty four. We 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 are recording this March 2023. Like yeah, in less than two years, there will be some way of you paying for something, you know, for Pempot. Whether it's an exclusive feature that it's just for you for the big corp, we call that model tax decontroller. Yep, tax decontroller is all about making sure that it is free for everyone as long as there's no restrictions in usage. Yep. That you can do whatever you want. You can use all the features. You can use everything. You want to limit that. Yep, you probably are a company. And then you have to pay for that. Yeah. It's like, it's like double licensing. No, no, no. It's not about double licensing in the sense that you have like your own fork, like proprietary fork of the code. Yeah. Uh, is that if you want to have those, these features that limit how your users, Got it. Okay. your teams cool. use the software, like I won't allow you to do any type of login that you want. Yeah. You have to do two-factor fa- two, two authentication, yep. mandatory, or you won't be able to invite any member of any, you know, in, in the world. You have to only limit, you, you, you can only invite for your team members the ones that have an email address that's valid for us. Or, Got it. or, or we, we need some audit trail. Whatever limits the usage yeah, of yeah, the yeah. tool is a configuration, it's a kind of a policy maker yep. thing. And for those features, you have to pay in order for you to use them as an organization that oversees how your company is using, uh, in this case, Pempot or Tiger. And that's what we call tax the controller. 
Cool. And we will charge as much as we can. <laughs> Good. Excellent. I like that. Um, because that money yeah. goes directly into the open source project that allows everyone else to enjoy complete freedom, right? Tell me about the size of your team. How many people are working right now? The whole company is 30. So we have Pempot and Taiga. So that's 50-50. But of course, we have three teams. Cool. We have two product teams, yep. Taiga and Pempot. And then we have well, the community team. Yep. Many of us actually uh, came to this uh, event because Makes we sense. feel it's, it's, it's good. Seven of us. So, but yeah, the, the company is really tiny compared to uh, this, uh, you know, super big uh, company. Yeah, well, of course. And <laughs> 30, just 30, yeah. which is also a um, telling you how how amazing, you know, how much talent there is there in and just a bunch of people. Are you all based in Spain? Yeah, the, uh, the stage, that's, that's really different parts of Spain, but cool. uh, mostly in Madrid because that's uh, where we were born. Yep. But yeah, Spain is where we, yeah, 99% of us live. Random possible aside, um, Open Collective. I work at Open Source Collective. Yeah. Founded by Pia Mancini, Argentinian. Yeah. Um, and she also has the same sorts of concepts of let's give back. Let's not try to accumulate wealth in a, a single hand. Let's try yeah. to make sure that we have a community-centered approach. I'm not saying that this is only relevant to Spanish companies, but you feel like there might be a theme there? Or I'm just curious why you decided to do that. Is it an ideological thing or is it a pure business decision? It's both. Cool. It's both. I've been in open source in 1996. Yep. So I witnessed back in, let's say, the uh, the knots, like the early knots, how countries like like Spain in particular would yeah. have uh, this huge trend in open source. So you had the talent, but also like the ambition to uh, create something cool yeah. out of it, contribute, and and then intermingle. You know, uh, public administration, private sector, and open source kind of a hacktivist thing. Um, not, not, you know, not everything succeeded. I, we, we also saw that happening in Brazil at mm. the time. Amazing leadership there. And Argentina and, you know, it's like uh, Latin America is, is big on this, but also in, in, in Europe, basically that's... So there might be some cultural, ideological theme, but also I think for us, since we, we wanted to make sure we, we could make a living out of open source in an ethical way, it's also, we want to be right. We want to be right, you know, we want to uh, make some people see that uh, you can have both. You can have the ethical perspective and the uh, epistemological perspective yep. and it's fine to do that. So, um, so I don't know. Well, well uh, Open Collective is here, actually. I think there are, there are well, you, you are, uh, you're here. You, you're yeah. the reason that, that there's the uh, the logo in the... Uh, yeah, we also helped to help to sponsor the conference. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Thank but you for yes. that. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for coming. This is great. <laughs> Love having this space. Yeah, I wear two hats. I'm part, partly here for Sustain, partly okay. here for Open Source okay. Collective. That makes sense. You talked about 2024 opening up money so that you get some feedback, uh, some money back to your investors and some money back to the team. So it's not all just personal savings. Yeah. Admirable goal. Makes sense to me. When you talk about community, yeah. my question is, how are you going to offload governance and finance to the community as a whole and not just to Kaleidos? Yeah, exactly. That's that's uh, huge because we have so we have two challenges here. One is we have to be as generous as possible, like yep. this uh, game theory of being uh, altruistic. It has to work in this case too. So we have to make sure that there is a proper governance model in yep. terms of the community, and that might mean just sharing power, but also sharing the funds, right? So we have some ideas, some draft, you know, quite drafty. But uh, ideas on how to make sure that whatever we have to, in terms of funding, it's kind of a distributed so that the community can also benefit from that. But I think 
In the longer term, this is about governance like as, as a whole. So that's one challenge many other open source companies and open source projects do face. That's we're facing the same challenge. So yeah? we're facing the same challenge exactly. at, at Open Collective. So we're trying to do exit to community to figure out how do we get the community to have a stake in ownership of everything. Exactly. It, uh, that's, so it's hard. Uh, it's used. Otherwise, you have uh, the communities with the uh, lowercase c. Yep. I've, I've written about that in, in the, the community space uh, on Pempo, like community with the capital C. That's, that's what matters. Otherwise, you don't have ownership, as you said. And the other challenge is, is that in, in the case of Pempot, we have a hybrid community because we have both developers and designers. Cool. That's not something you typically see. Nope. Uh, communities are kind of a single color, you know, single colored. And we don't have that. We have kind of 50 50. Um, we all know that the ratio between designers and developers worldwide is like uh, uh, developers design 10 to 1. Hmm. So, should Where do we get that stat? It's it's uh, there are some papers. Oh, cool! There's some Excellent. papers saying that. Yeah, but also exciting. you can you can infer that information just looking at GitHub repositories, yeah. uh, and then Figma reported design uh, use, uh, users, and you will see that typically that's ten million, a hundred million, ten million. Yep. So there's consistency in that ten to one ratio, and then you have your anecdotal evidence when working in teams, where you basically see that yeah. Typically, you have 10 developers per one full-time equivalent, you know, designer. So you could have five and then... Yeah. At Kaleidos, we have one to two. So that's one designer per two developers. Quite unique. Ideally, I think, I don't know, one to four would be good. But what I mean by that is that there is already a massive power struggle. Um, <laughs> good. Developers overrule uh, the, the tech world, the product world. Yeah. So in our community, this is a open source design and prototype design and prototyping tool the main use case here is targeting designers yeah and yet we are opening that we're welcoming developers into the design process <clears throat> 10 to 1 right let's not forget that so how to manage that that is a a, a healthy vibrant um uh, just nice community where different people come from different backgrounds mm. for their own reasons mm. you know like we have this gap and and things can uh, cohabitate, you know, and and enjoy the fruits of different perspectives, uh, you know, working together. So it is very important for us at Kaleidos and in, in particular with the well, product Pempot to make sure that we build that community, uh, different stages, not just going for the, for the numbers, but for the quality. So that sounds lovely. It also sounds very abstract. Can yeah, like how, 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 how would practice? you open com- contributions for, uh, for a designer? You know, how can a designer contribute? Yep. How can a designer, um, how can I decide, decide what should come in, in, in the next release? Yep. Uh, how a developer could counteract that in the community? Is there any, would there any be some conflict of interest? Or, you know, who gets full ownership? Mm. Uh, the one contributor that can commit, can, you know, can send commits? Or the one designer that can send prototypes. Hmm. So that that is, you don't typically see a, a hybrid community having conversations around the, the whole life cycle of the product. So we just don't want the developers to overrun the, the the community and and make designers feel like they don't belong to to that open source community because there are not so so many open source communities 
that are targeting designers. Which is why you have a whole third team that's just community, right? Try yeah. to focus on that. But I mean, communities like uh, products with great communities like Blender are a, a great example. Uh, Godot, yep. also a great example. You know, it's a video game, sorry, 3D rendering, video game. So we should be able to learn some some of, of, of those uh, of that stuff from them. How do you manage when you have contributors coming from the dev and the design and how they can also work together, kind of speak in different languages yep. and still produce a valid outcome? So yeah, uh, by the way, I, the other day I just thought that Blender and Godot and Pempod are all European projects. Yeah. <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> yeah, no, well... I'm not surprised. Uh, um, why is that? Hmm. Which actually leads on to my next question. What advice would you have for developer communities to welcome more designers, to make them more hybrid communities? How would you have designers have more say in general? You obviously have experience of building teams from the from the top mm. down, but I'm curious for projects that are in the open source space that it would like to have more designers and don't know how. And designers who want to get into projects and want to get suggestions, do you have any sort of tips? I think uh, this this um, this question has been try, you know, been asked a ton of times and it have been addressed from a perspective, perhaps not always the most. Uh, it's a strategic. loose question. It's not a good question. It, no, no, it's, it's a good question, but typically it's how how to make designers contribute to your open source project yeah. if you are a developer. I think that's the wrong, the wrong perspective or at least that's not, not the sole perspective. Thing is how to make sure that designers will own the product, mm. will own the project. Not, not just how to make sure that documentation for contributions is nicely done yep. so that designers can contribute. Uh, like that would be like accessibility in terms of, I think it's, no, you have to actually give away some of the power and some of the ownership to designers. Does that mean commit rights? Does that mean merge access? Does that mean no? Not, we're not necessarily do this in next? terms of the Git repository, okay. but in terms of the decision making process. Got it. Otherwise, they will always be and will always feel second class citizens yep. in your project. Just people. So one step that I would uh, the, the the way we did it at Kaleidos, Kaleidos did, didn't have designers at the beginning, back mm. in 2011, we onboarded them. We understood and listened. We listened and understood the design process and all the cool science and uh, evidence-backed theories uh, that, that you know are, are there. And we said, okay, we trust the process. We trust the, 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 the flow. We trust the people that understand that. We're going to give, give away willingly power. Instead of us developers making all the decisions, we're going to just trust mm. all the people uh, in the design space. And we, and look where we are now. Pempod would not ha exist if we hadn't done that, right? Because Pempod is a need from the design designers mm. that were able to say, we need to build something like Pempod. And, we, and the rest would say, I, I think I get it. Yeah, we, let's do this. So I would, uh, my tip would be not just make contributions from designers easy, but actually welcome them as peers listen to the design process, listen to their ideas and have them take like uh, front row seats at your governance model. Otherwise, it's, uh, you, you, they're going to just be like uh, the fringes of other projects. Just learn about the design process. I think people will uh, be excited to know about that. The, the whole design process is super cool. So the projects you mentioned are all pretty design focused. 
which is okay, that's fine. And governance is a word that's beginning to be used a lot more in open source communities, especially open source program offices and conferences like here. Yes. Uh, Sometimes you see governance.md in projects. You're starting to see that more. What we don't see is the word power, which you just used. Oh, uh, you'll you'll see me saying that word. Oh, no, I'm glad you used it. I, I think it's the right word to use. What I'm curious about is when you talk about power for developers, do you have any words you could use to make it easy for them to understand what that means in terms of giving it up? Um, do you have any any ways of making it easier for developers to figure out, oh, actually, I don't need to control that? Uh, it's difficult without giving like some examples, but um, I think if you look at the open source communities as a whole, yep. as I said, you know, I, I come from 1996 already. So why why don't we have in open source end user, like massive end user products, hmm. right? Facing end users. We have databases, we have operation systems, we have libraries, we have frameworks. There's we, a couple, but there's really not many. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. of course. But, but, but there's not many. You're right. There's not many. Yeah. Uh, we always were so proud about the internet being run, you know, on top of open source. Right. Yeah, great. But that's hidden. Yeah. And in terms of end user, for productivity tools or whatever, there's not there are not so many of them, and it's I, I think it's because we were so endogamic. Is that a term? Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> endogamic that we just build the things that we needed, and so the whole decision process was: we are the users, we are the contributors, we are the builders, we are the owners. So stop scratching your own itch and start figuring out how the itch is universal. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. So. Uh, I mean, it's fine if you scratch your own itch. That's, that, but if you really, if you're in this mindset where you think, hey, it's not just about myself, it's not about my tribe, yep. it's about the user. Uh, whenever technology faces the user, whenever there's an interaction there, and as a user, I mean a non-tech user, a non, non-developer user, it's, it's about design, it's about user interaction. And then design becomes key yep. for you. So it's fine if you just uh, develop yet another JavaScript framework, <laughs> if that's your thing, because your user is a developer. It is basically you. You are the persona. Yep. But whenever that isn't the case, you it's it's key that um, that you you bring on the uh, designers to really build what you need to build. Cool. And that is giving away or sharing longstanding privilege and uh, longstanding power. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You end, you will end up uh, making um, some decisions um, for the same personas, which might not be your target. And you and your co-founder, I forgot her name. Oh, no, we have uh, 14, 14. Co- co-founders. Yeah. Excellent. So this worked. This ideology worked. You're still here today. Yes. You have a good team. It seems like you're working on a great product. So it's very realistic to do this. Oh, yes. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's heartening. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. That's great. That's thank you for best. having me. Where can people learn more about your words and Penpot? And I think uh, if they want, they, they can go and visit uh, our website, the company. Uh, that's Kaleidos. That's in Kaleidoscope, uh, Kaleidoscope, uh, Kaleidos.net. And Penpot is Penpot.app. Cool. And we have community.penpot.app where they can already see, you know, what the community is saying, uh, high expectations of whatever we're building. And but yeah, you want to just uh, look at the product itself. Or just or self-host it, which is quite unique for for an open for a design prototyping tool. Just go to pempa.app. 
And is that a community with a lowercase c in the URL or uppercase c? Uh, it's Sorry, an uppercase. It's, it's an uppercase <laughs> community. And I think that's one of the first uh, posts that I wrote, like, what do we need to do to make sure that we build a capital C community uh, here? Awesome. Pablo, thank you so much for coming on. It this was, was awesome. Great. Thank you so much. Excellent.